I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? Mama poured me a cup. You think I'm psycho, don't you, Mama? You'd better let him lock me up. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bob. Just going to here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we have our Giants Pending Free Agent episode, which to me is one of my favorite episodes to do in the offseason. Because, man, it's fun to just put together six pages worth of notes and look at this contract and decide. I mean, I remember last year I spent hours putting together my exact Daniel Jones number. Um, so one, one of my favorites because it just allows us to officially put our flag in the sand. Anyone asks about this for the next three weeks, this is where I'm at with it. Justin, how are you? Flags in the sand can sometimes be tough. They can fly away. Um, I'm good. How are you, Bobby Skinner? What I'm good. I'm, ex- I'm excited for this episode. We're going to talk a lot about Xavier McKinney and Saquon, Adore, and, and all of them cats. Um, so, so excited to get into this episode. Justin, before we get into this episode, this episode was brought to you by Will Clayton. Clayton's such a great name, honestly. I don't know why more people don't name their kids Clayton. Like, Clayton, like, I think that just makes your kid cool if you name Clayton. Now, that's his last name, but... Sure. Uh, Clayton's Clayton's a good name. Justin, who is who are these Claytons? Clayton Pennock, Clayton Skinner. For it fits two syllables. It fits it, with any last name. You could be Clayton Grabowski. Mm, fits. fits. Think of it, one last Clayton Manning. Oh, it rhymes with Peyton Manning. Clayton Brady. Keep going. I, I, I it never ends. Clayton Clayton Rogers. Lombardi. You know what? That doesn't sound right. Nope, that sounds right. All if right, you, Justin, if you who have are a, these? If you have a pizza people last name, then it doesn't sound right. If your Clayton. name's Clayton, you better sign up for Patreon so we could just we should just every episode have one Clayton sign up and we could talk about the name Clayton. All right, Justin, who who is this Clayton? Patreon.com slash talking giants. Two hours a month plus a month tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner was sending some stickers in the mail. Plus there's some shirt routes a couple times a month. Bobby Skinner is showing the stickers right now. Say something. Sticker, 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 sticker. Sticker, 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 never newer. Patreon.com slash Talk of Giants. couple announcements. The Scouting Combine, the John Blaine Media Scouting Combine is next week on JM Football. I have all the videos. I'm really excited. They look awesome. And also, if you bought tickets to the Justin Tucker event, or if you were wondering what, since that's, we said that was going to be happening on Saturday tomorrow, uh, it is postponed. So make sure you got your refund, because I think they sent out refunds. Um, so sorry. For that, it has nothing to do with us. I'll be honest, no. but but it, it, that's just that's just the way it goes. Can you imagine if they actually? It's like, all right, Justin Tuck, Talking Giants, let us know the week that that they can't be there. We need to postpone the event. Can you imagine if they actually did that? Maybe we should just lie and say that's what happened. <laughs> no, it's not what happened. All right, let's get into these pending free agents. You know me; we love lying on this podcast. Uh, let's get into these pending free agents, Justin, and I think it starts with Xavier McKinney. Who's 24 years old? The franchise tag would be 16.2 million dollars. Um, I don't think there's any reason for Xavier McKinney to not be on the Giants next year, because I think there's a lot of money that I would be willing to pay Xavier McKinney, 
And also, if Xavier McKinney is willing to go, like, playing cutthroat and wants to go over that, then I'm willing to franchise tag him or transition tag him. But my flag is in the sand once again, and I I don't think there's any reason Xavier McKinney's on not on the, shouldn't be on this team unless, and I'm that he has much more of a headache than we really know behind the scenes. Which again, I I don't I don't think he is. And two, this team is not full of headaches and needs to be cleaned out with culture and stuff like that. You can deal with one guy being a little bit of a pain in the ass sometimes. Yeah, and Okereke recently just went on a podcast and talked glowingly about McKinney. I think Tay Banks has said on his Twitch stuff how much he loves McKinney and looks up to McKinney. And I and I definitely do view, even though I don't think he should have said what he said after that Oakland game and after that Raider game, I definitely do view it a little bit differently now that we know the behind-the-scenes relationship stuff that was happening between Wink and Dable. Um, so I view that a little bit differently. And even, you know, I, I still don't love the, you know, how he threw Graham and, and Judge under the well, bus. Well, the stuff that he says annoys – it still annoys the shit out of me. And I don't yeah. think he – he may be a, you know, quote-unquote leader, but I don't think he's a true leader. Um, but but he's me, not a headache. It's it's not like a headache where it's an issue. You know what I mean? At least not now. Now, sometimes when the, when guys like that get paid, it's like, okay, the signs were there. But McKinney is not in the same boat as, you know, a Tony Odell. where it's like, oh, the signs are growing or an Odell where the signs are growing. It's just like, no, you just can be annoying in press clips and interviews at times. Um, and, he, and even at the height of that, after I think it was the Dolphins game, when, uh, when, he, like, when I was probably the most pissed off at him, um, I was even still like, I still want to resign him though. I remember doing a bleach report stream on that. So let's look at some safety contracts the last couple of years, Justin. Last year, Jesse Bates, who I do view as a better player than Xavier McKinney and was all pro this past year for the Falcons. He got four years, $64 million, 16 million average annual value at 26 years old, $36 million guaranteed. Grant Delpit got three for 36, 12 million average annual value. 23 million guaranteed. The year before, we saw two big names, Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. Those guys got 19 and 18 average annual value. And then Marcus Williams got five for 70, 14 million average annual value. Uh, and again, all the guaranteed essentially stacks up to about two, two and a half years on, on those deals. So my view is that McKinney belongs between Bates and Grant Delpit and in between Derwin and Minka and Marcus Williams. So that puts him to me around 14 to 16 million dollars of what he can I think realistically get on the open market. Uh, that, those are the numbers that I think he would get. And I would be willing to pay him that. Uh, I would be willing to actually even give him the Jesse Bates contract. I know he's not good as Jesse Bates, but with the inflation of of the of sal the salary cap every single year and it's continued to go up, I'd be willing to match that deal for him uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think Xavier McKinney is a very good player, right? This is not a Landon Collins situation who is maybe overrated due to one season and is limited to a box role and essentially not good in coverage, right? He can thrive from the single high, right? He can thrive from two high coverages where they're rotating down and stuff. We saw that with Patrick Graham, which is, guess what? What our defense is going to be more similar to now. He's great in the box, right? Now, there is times where he has some losses in man coverage. You know, think of the playoff game versus Dallas Goddard. Um, so he, to me, he can throw even at nickel corner, like he did that a little bit his rookie year, and obviously at safety you can play some of that. I think he can thrive anywhere, 
right? He's not Minka Fitzpatrick. He's not Thurman James, right? But he can thrive in any type of role that I would give him. I would give him 464. Like, I, I wouldn't offer that right away. But I would play it up until the tag deadline, Justin. And that would be my final offer. And if you don't take that, then you're. I think he's being way too cutthroat in that. And then we're going to franchise tag or transition tag uh, you. And there's a few reasons. Again, the main being, I think he's a good player. And I want young, 24-year-old drafted players to be re-signed. Obviously, there's context and everything. But that's that's the main thing. Also... You know, if you talk about safety positional value, if this was the decision where we had all these young players we needed to pay coming down the pike and we had to make a decision between some, right? Like, hey, yeah, McKinney's the best out of these four young players, but could we just pay this good young guard and this wide receiver or this tight end? But we're not, right? There's nobody else from his draft that uh, is going to be paid. You know, Thomas got paid already. No one from the following draft class is going to be paid. And then QB will be off the books, you know, by times this contract starts cooking in, kicking in. Because uh, obviously there's it's going to be a somewhat uh, backloaded or, you know, in year two or year three or whatever. So pay him. That is pay him. Again, you don't have to go $18 million. If if he's being that cutthroat and his agent is known to get safety contracts that are big, if he's being that cutthroat, then you'd use the tool that I don't want to use, but that's the franchise tag or the transition tag, and we could talk about those both separately. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I think McKinney's the priority. Uh, especially this is this is Shane Bowen thinking, and it's a little frustrating not not fully knowing where Shane Bowen's at, or you know, he didn't have a press conference, so he didn't, he wasn't able to speak on, you know, some things that he looks for out of guys on on defense. And no, undoubtedly, they would have asked him about McKinney, and maybe he would have given an answer, maybe he wouldn't have given an answer. But I, I'm under the impression, just based on what we know about Shane Bowen's defense, that McKinney would be the player that arguably would maybe thrive the most right away. Because you saw Bayer thrive the most right away, at least with box score stats, with interceptions, pass breakups, and being a a, a game changer and, and being a playmaker. Where I think under under Wink Martindale, Bobby, we had the conversation once Wink Martindale was brought in, is Xavier McKinney going to be a preventer or a playmaker? Um, and I think the last couple of years he's been a preventer. And now we're going back to the Patrick Graham days where McKinney's going to be given an opportunity to be a playmaker. And I think the Giants need to keep playmakers on their team because if you if you look past McKinney, uh, I, I'm I don't want to just bet that we could just draft another one or sign another one, another guy that that could do that on the back end, especially when the secondary for Shane Bowen has already been shaky, be known to be shaky enough in the past. Right, and versatility is huge for Shane Bowen, and that's what McKinney is. He's good in every single role. In 2022, he was the Giants' best linebacker. Just their best linebacker on the team was Xavier McKinney. You know, he's thrived from the split high safeties that rotate and stuff. That's obviously a Shane Bowen thing. And from the single high world, he played really well on that too. And then he, you know, he got some interceptions this year, got his hands on the ball a little more down the stretch. So again, I don't think McKinney is a top five safety in the NFL, but I would be willing to match the fifth highest paid safeties contract in Jesse Bates uh, because one, he's young, he's been, he's a drafted player. And I, and I want to keep him around. I think that is where I would draw my line in the sand. A lot of sand references on this podcast. Yeah, a lot of sand. Um, hey, the intro song mentioned Daytona Sand on Tuesday. How about that? This is a sand podcast now. I, it's, I would draw I would draw my line in the sand at the four-year $64 million with $36 million guaranteed, which would put him at $16 million average annual value. And 
would he get that on the open market? I don't know. Maybe at the open market he would get 14 to 15, but I would rather I would rather do that than going through the pain in the ass that the transition tag is. And, and do you want to talk about the transition tag? Yeah, I mean, I I, can, I want to bring up just before you talk about any tag stuff, the contract that I was really looking at was the Justin Simmons contract, where that was four years, $61 million with 15.25 APY. And basically, it's so crazy how the, the franchise tag for safety has changed. I mean, 2020, Justin Simmons was tagged after his rookie contract. The franchise tag in 2020 for safety was, was $11.4 million. It's jumped all the way up to $16 million, which is which is kind of crazy, at least in my opinion. And that's what, you have, you, have to, that's what you always have to keep in mind when you're comparing contracts is, and I know this is basically, everyone's got this down in today's day and age, but the, the salary cap goes up every year. So you can't, it's not apples to apples when comparing it to past contracts. So basically, this Justin Simmons contract was three years of good guaranteed money for him. And then 2024, um, he has a cap number of $18.25 million. Uh, they could cut him if they want, and they could save a lot of money. The, the Denver Broncos can. So um, that's, the, that's the contract that I was looking at, Bobby, because what I think McKinney has the advantage of, similar to the Derwin James's of the world when he signed his deal, similar to the Minka Fitzpatrick, and definitely sim. When did Jesse Bates sign his deal? How many years ago? Last year, his age was twenty six years old. All right, so even though that's still really young, but I mean McKinney, McKinney's like McKinney's going to be twenty five next year in the in the middle of next year. So I think that's the advantage that he has over a guy like Ju- Ju- Justin Simmons. Kind of signed it on the back end of like maybe being twenty seven. Harrison Smith. Definitely got his deal. Yeah, Harrison in his Smith's 30s. contract has nothing to do with McKinney's. He was just a Vikings lifer, and and he's just a different. He's in a different age and shit. But I think that's the advantage of McKinney is that he's signing this deal really, really young, so he could be like, "Well, I, 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 des- I deserve this. I deserve this money." I think he can negotiate from from that standpoint versus some of these other safeties got their money is towards their latter end of their twenties or even early thirties. Um, yeah, so I look at that Justin Simmons contract where even though the average per year is slightly under the franchise tag at $16 million, the the guaranteed year is basically three years of good guaranteed money. Um, maybe that will keep McKinney here, and maybe that's the reason why you can negotiate slightly under that franchise tag number. Like That's that's my hope, is that I think, you give the guaranteed years, maybe. I think that's possible. The reason why I'm, I end up as the Jesse, the Jesse, I just keep mentioning the Jesse Bates because that would be my final offer before the tag deadline. Yeah. If they were, if they were insistent, like no, we're not going to take the fifteen per year or fourteen and a half per year, then that would be my because I would rather do that than the franchise tag, which again would put sixteen point two million dollars on the cap for this year. Now you could still negotiate after that and and get a deal done, but if they don't take that again, if they don't take that deal done, then. You got to be a little cutthroat. Let's talk about the transition well, tag. The, I'll tell you the deal that sucks, and that the deal that I don't know if again how cutthroat McKinney's agents are going to be. The deal that sucks is the Jamal Adams deal, where he's getting seventeen and a half million per year. His contract is on. He's basically on the books. If they they could, I think the he's so bad that the Seahawks may cut him at a dead at a dead money hit of nineteen and a half million. They save seven point three million this year, um, but his but his cap number. Is still his APY is seventeen and a half million. That that Jamal Adams contract was what a dumb really, trade really by bad. the Seahawks. Really, it was they traded him and then they extended him right away <laughs> for two first two first round picks. Yeah, 
So that, um, that's the that's the bad safety contract. I don't know if McKinney's going to look at that. Be like, well, look at how bad he. I'm better than he is. So hopefully he won't do that. Yeah, you can't do. Uh, yeah, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, he ended up not like working out. Um, the transition tag. So Paul Schwartz floated this out there as a possible option for the Giants. What the transition tag is is it's the average of the top ten players instead of the top five at the position. So it'd be fourteen million dollars instead of the sixteen point two. Um, and it allows the Giants to match any offer. So he goes out and he can negotiate, and the Giants can match any offer that he gets. Now, this is one of those things that maybe sounds good on paper, but just never gets used because it basically hurts the players, right? Because they they can't really go out and negotiate because that team's like, well, I don't really want to spend my time negotiating with you because I think the other the team that put the tag on you is going to go and offer you this, right? Like. He, like he would be the fourth player in 10 years to get a transition tag joining Kenyon Drake, Kyle Fuller and Charles Clay. Um so I wouldn't want to do that, but I would be willing to do that if McKinney's agents were stuck on like hey 18 mil. We want Minka Fitzpatrick type money the French like if like that is the only way I would do it is if like they are truly being that cutthroat because that's when I think you can go back and be be cutthroat with it too. Like all right, if you if you guys really want to do this, then then we'll we will do this. But I, I see that being floated out there as not necessarily something the Giants are going to do, but pro- maybe like a a little threat through the media of like hey, we could fran- we can transition tag you, so you can get less than the franchise tag. And then we can match any offer you get, and there probably won't be an amazing offer because because of this tag. And is there any compensation if they don't match the offer? Is there any no. compensation that they get, like a draft pick or anything like that? No, that they could, what they could do is do the exclusive rights tag, which Saquon was on last year. But still, that's not you know I don't I don't know what the the compensation would be for that. I think for Saquon it was what like two firsts or some shit. Yeah, I don't see that being something that was going to happen. Anyways, now what you could do on that is you can negotiate with the team that wants to sign them instead of instead of the two first, we'll we'll sign we'll do a sign and trade for a second round pick or something like that. Um, but but here but again, I am willing to go up to the four, the the Jesse Bates contract, right? Like again, you don't have you don't you don't have players coming down the pipe that you've got to pay, right? Like and. You know, we talked with Ryan Dunlevy, and he mentioned like letting Julian Love walk as a reason why they might not resign. Well, letting Julian Love walk is a reason why you do sign Xavier McKinney. It's like, hey, you didn't you know sign this guy, so you can sign McKinney, use a second type of player at safety who's not maybe as good with Jason Pinnock, and like and and you keep this player. Like, use the money that you would have offered Julian Love to sign Xavier McKinney. Now, we're, if we're talking about Giants trends, right? Because I I brought up the Bills safeties in the Ryan Dunleavy interview. I was wrong about that. They did pay those both those guys, but they those guys, the Bills got good deals on them. They were both 10th and 9th in average annual value for safety contracts, not just in all safety, just in that free agent season alone of yeah. guys who were signed that year. So, um, you know, that, that example is not a reason to point to why the Joe Shane would do it. But there, I mean, there there still is value put on those guys, so they're not playing for cheap either. Yeah, I know Jordan. Not, they, I know Jordan Poor is a little older, but he's making two hundred only two hundred fifty thousand dollars more on an on an average per year basis than Julian Love. Right. So so that's not a good. Re- that's you know I I use that in the Dunleavy interview, and that that doesn't make any sense. Um, other free agent safeties like Antoine Winfield, he's going to get tagged. Kyle Duggar is not as good, and he's twenty seven years old. Even though I do love Kyle Dug- Duggar. Um, but again, it just comes down to this. McKinney has no limitations as a player. He's 24 years old. 
and we're not having to make a decision of an either or with McKinney. Now you can say, oh, well, we can go spend this, you know, we can not sign him and then sign this guy for eight mil and then use that money elsewhere. Okay, like I don't want to build this team through free agency. We're going to be able to sign guys this all. Like you can still go out and sign Michael and Wayne if you, if you sign Xavier McKinney. And I don't want us making two, three big free agent signings either. Right, last year you signed Bobby Okereke to a big deal. I want to sign one other guy this year to a big deal, whether that's Michael and Wenu or maybe a cornerback. You know, you know, we talk about Snead as a fit for Bowen uh, as as getting open. Um, but I, I, to me, there's just no reason to not pay him because not have him on the team because you have the money. He's young. He has no limitations as a player, and you have the tags as a tool if they are being that cutthroat about it. I agree. I mean, I would say maybe the only, the only limitation that I would give pause to long-term is honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of him based. Just don't be, just don't do dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's basically (laughs) it. Like no more, no more sightseeing tours. Um, and don't be, and don't be a divider in the locker room. Like I know you use the example of like banks looking up to him. I, I will never use that as a reason of why a guy's a good leader. Sometimes that's the reason why you're a bad leader because young players do look up to you and you can be a bad influence. Hence, when people would quote that, you know, Shep looked up to Odell. That was bad um, because Odell was, you know, a bad a bad leader despite being a great player. Um, had to get an Odell shot in here sure. uh, on this episode. Justin, He's why a- don't you talk to – go ahead. Odell's a top free agent this year from an, from an APY standpoint. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll just, maybe we'll just put Odell in the, in the thumbnail of, uh, free agency preview. Justin, why don't you talk to us about something and then we'll talk about Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, I highly doubt you don't. They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super, super easy, super, super simple with over 28 million downloads. SeatGeek, they're the number one rated ticketing app in the world verified by my brain, by my eyes, and my heart. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and so much more. Bobby Skinner, there's, this doesn't even include NASCAR, well, NASCAR is a sport. But I'm going to be going to Bristol, Bristol, Tennessee. I'm going to be looking at my tickets via SeatGeek. Bobby Skinner just recently went to Daytona, looked at his seats via SeatGeek. Got and got SeatGeek. a great deal and every ticket is backed by their buying guarantee so if i can't go to bristol SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps and we've got the hookup Game use code changer. giants for 20 dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. that's 20 dollars off your first purchase with promo code giants click the link in the description to download the app you'll be glad you did. Swaps is such a game changer and i don't know if they had that when SeatGeek start first started sponsoring us a couple years ago but no, the swaps man. really makes them the best ticketing app. Like that's an insane perk to have. Um, Justin, let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Sure. He's 27 years old, entering year seven. Had less than a thousand yards and 3.9 yards per carry. I am in the boat of letting Saquon Barkley walk. Now, I still think Saquon Barkley is a good player, despite the fact that we're gonna. I'm going to share some stats that make Saquon's production look bad. Uh, and that is a lot of that is offensive line based. Part of it is Saquon Barkley aging based. I think Saquon, I think, you know, the Texans have been a, a team linked to Saquon Barkley. You know, then you see he's following Brevin Jordan. I love Brevin Jordan and a, a few other Texans players. 
right? If the Texans gave like a three-year deal with two of it guaranteed around 10 to 11 average, like I think it makes sense for a team like the Houston Texans, right? So it's not a, oh, Saquon Barkley deserves no damn money on no team in the NFL. But for the Giants and Saquon Barkley, it is a time, it is time for this to end. It is not beneficial for either of these sides to stay together. Um, he's aging. His production has not been very good. You know, out of 37 guys with 150 carries, which Saquon is 11th in total carries, so he has more volume than 26 of the guys on this list. Only nine guys had a worse yards per carry than him this year. Uh, Saquon was 16th in yards after contact per attempt, which is good, but not great. Only seven guys had less missed tackles forced, right? And again, he's 11th on this list. 18th in receiving yards, 24th in yards per route running, 5th in drops. You know, he's 45th out of 48 uh, runners in success rate this year. His explosive plays have went down every year. 20-plus yard run rate. Year one, 5.9%. Year two, 5.2%. Insane, right? If he was still getting, like, even close to that, I'd be like, I get shave me your running back speech. I want this player still on the team. 4% in 2020 doesn't really count. He only played one game. 1.9% 1. in 2021, which was he was just a bad running back coming off the injury. 3.1% and then 3.8% this last year. With the fact that I want to keep Xavier McKinney and I'm willing to pay Xavier McKinney, I think Saquon has juice left, but it's you're not getting the return on the investment by signing Saquon Barkley because now you now you are taking away from free agent money that you're going to use, uh, maybe on an offensive lineman, and that those an offensive line to me is like if we were to get Michael and Winnie, I think that's more beneficial for the Giants' running game than keeping Saquon Barkley if you had an either or in that, and that doesn't include the pass protection part of that like the Giants have gotten bad you know bad running back production three of the last four years out of Saquon Barkley have been bad running back production whether it's injury coming back from injury and then this past year behind the bad offensive line and I'm not I'm not paying a running back to get bad running back production despite the fact that it's not hit it like like I voted him most outstanding player in offense this past year I still think he's a good player with juice left but behind this offensive line, he's not going to be good. And I'm just not betting on it getting better as he's, again, entering year seven as a running back who's gotten a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. I'll give the line again. Invest in a running game, not in a running back. Uh, I feel like when you invest in a running back like this, that's the thing where we've invested in a running back that's giving us bad production. Is it his fault? Is it is it not his fault? I'm done, man. I, I, I'm not going to go on a five, ten minute speech on why it makes sense that Saquon Barkley shouldn't be a giant anymore. And if you, and if you want to comment that I don't like him, whatever. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to pay somebody money at the top of their position, whether that's top five running back money, whatever. Even during his rookie contract, it didn't make sense to pay him top five, top ten running back money because it just doesn't make sense to do that anyway. But it doesn't make sense to pay somebody Top five running back money for them not to perform like a top five running back, for them not to be part of an offense that's not very good, and for that money to take away other resources to make that offense better. It it, it doesn't make sense anymore, Bobby. I, I'm, he, well, he, I'm he's you. not the same player he once was. He's still a no. good running back. Like I, There has to be nuance to the running back conversation. I will never be the one that running backs don't matter, people. Never, ever. This is not to me about, it's a partly about the running back position, but it's specific to Saquon Barkley. We're entering year seven. Okay. He does not make guys miss. He does not break tackles the way he did early in his career. No. 
where he was a fantastic, I mean, he looked like a Hall of Fame running back his first two years. That's not what he is anymore. Right now, he's a good back. Yeah. He's arguably like, a, you know, a top five back, arguably. You can, there's five running backs that you could put ahead of him in the, in the NFL right now that you could say is better. You could argue that he's, you know, fifth or fourth or, or whatever. But the Giants are not in a position right now to pay him. If this was a team that was on the brink of a Super Bowl, I would say yes. Let's let's keep this player. Let's keep this player for 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 you know for this run at the Super Bowl. But they're not that. It's not going to get better. And I'm after paying Xavier McKinney, I'm not investing in that. Like what what would be more valuable to a young QB? So let's say they drafted, traded up, and drafted one, Michael and Wainu or Saquon Barkley or two, you know, seven mil per year offense alignment or Saquon Barkley. Uh, so again, I, I think he's and a got lot of people are left. probably sitting home screaming that Saquon Barkley is more important. Well, then wh- why wasn't he more important for Daniel Jones? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I do think he helps Daniel Jones, but I actually think Daniel Jones running ability has helped him a lot, too, um, because of those zone reads and the, the attention that has to be paid to Daniel Jones. But again, this conversation has nothing to do with Daniel Jones. I don't, you know, unless if hey, if we were a team that was on the brink of winning a Super Bowl, I think my tune on this would be changed a little bit. But the reason, but if if we were on the brink of that, we wouldn't have this need of an offensive line help and growth. No, and to me, that's just more important than again. You have invested in the running back position since 2018. You got really good production in 2018 and 2019. The last four years, you have you have only gotten one year of that. This past year was not good production. It was a good player, but it was not good production and. I, I, to me, it's an offensive line stat. 2022 was really good production, um, even though it dipped off at the end. 2021 was he was a bad running back coming off of the injury, had the same amount of Devo- yards as Devonte Booker on less carries. Um, and 2020 obviously missed basically the entire season. So I'm, I'm just not betting on it, this getting better with age. And I, it's time to move on. It's time for both sides. If I'm Saquon Barkley, I am. You have to get over the oh I want to be a giant for life shit. And your his life is going to be better on a different team. Like that's basically the reality of it. Like this this divorce is best for both sides. Like it, it needs it's time to move on for both sides. Yeah. You had a six year run. Shit cannot last forever. And to me, it's time to let Saquon Barkley walk. And yeah. if we can sit here and talk about oh well, what about this deal, right? Like say is there a reason? But I just don't think that's is Saquon Barkley going to swallow his pride and pay for eight million per year? And like, you know, two years of that being like, I just don't see that happening. Maybe he goes out into the free market and doesn't get shit. And it's like, oh my gosh, like it's screwed. Because you look at the biggest free agent contract last year, Miles Sanders. And even that was like a six and a half per year. And it ended up being really bad for the Panthers still uh, on what was a bargain. Uh, I know the best guys get franchise tagged, but guess what? Tony Pollard. He got a little better as the year went on, but wasn't as good early in the year off the injury. Josh Jacobs, you know, uh, didn't have a great year until, you know, Pierce came in. Uh, like, none of the franchise tag running backs came back and really produced great numbers either. So, I don't think that helps their their case. Uh, to me, it's just, it's time. It, eventually, this has to end at some point, And I think this is the natural point in that. Invest in the running game. Invest in the offense. Don't invest in the player. That's That's it. That's it. All right, Justin, let's talk about the next guy on this list. Adore Jackson is going to be 28 years old. Uh, I look back at the Adore Jackson contract, three years, $39 million as as a success. 
Uh, but this past year was was not a good year for Adore Jackson. And I just want to read these stats from 2021 to 2023 in order. Completion percentage allowed 55 and 53 and 65. Great the first two years. Yards 304, 338, 753. Yards per catch 8.9. Elite. 11.7, not horrible. And then 13.9 this last year. So he had a bad year, Justin. Uh I am in the boat of letting Adore Jackson walk. You know, if it was if it was just production, I think I'd be making an argument to bring him back on whatever reasonable deal. But the thing for me is we got three years out of him. Cornerbacks do fall off, and he had a bad year. Uh, I think he'll probably be better than what he was this past year, this next season. But he, ha- but the main thing is just he hasn't played a full season since 2018, missing three, seven, four, 13, and five games. Uh, was not playing at full effort to end the season last year either, which really stuck in my craw a little bit. Uh, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I think you can bring him back on the Patrick Peterson deal of two years, 14 mil with less than half of that guaranteed. Or Rasul Douglas in 22 got three years, 21 mil with five only 5.3 guaranteed. So I think those deals might be out there for Adore, or maybe they won't. But I, I would let him walk. walk. I, it's one of those contracts where I, I would rather get someone like Sean Murphy Bunting who will be 27 signed a one year three and a half million dollars with the Titans last year you know he had similar numbers to Adore last year right so not not some outstanding player but had a great year in Tampa the year before you know had success with him to me that is with the addition of Deontay Banks if we're going to spend money on cornerback I either want to get like the bargain five or less mil per guy or shoot for like a, a guy who's at the top of the market, getting one of the top two or three free agent quarterback contracts. Yeah, I'm a guy who would like to shoot for the shoot for the top, but I, that's probably unrealistic when you have McKinney. And if you, hey, I I would like to go after that lineman from the Patriots too, and Wano. So, um, probably not going to shoot for the top there. I need to know why he got so much worse in the run versus the run. I think it was an effort thing. And then that's not, yeah. Then then if it's an effort thing, and I mean, is is money going to fix the effort? I mean, he was already he was already, he was already in a contract year on a pretty on a pretty big cap hit to begin with. So um, I don't know if if money fixes that, and they and the Giants know that. Great, um, because Bowen's defense is all about stopping the run. We know that. Um, or would you rather just get new blood in here, somebody who's a couple years younger and maybe a little bit more reliable? I would be open to an Adoree Jackson reunion. It's just I I am with you where. There's a right number where it makes sense. There is. But, there but is. But that I also just view the other the options only... as better options for the Giants. I, he misses I almost... games. That's if he if he didn't miss games, I would be. I mean, like let's let's find something reasonable here. But he he misses games every year. Now he hasn't missed a ton of games with the Giants. I guess he did miss seven in 2022. Uh, you know, three and four the other year. So it's not like Tennessee where he missed 13 games in a season. But he does miss games every single year, and I don't want to bet on him bucking that trend and again cor- corners fall off at a at a more rapid rate than than other positions if Adore jackson is going to be they need to make a few moves that, that that's my like they need to add not only just uh, like good players but they also need to add depth as well and if the month and if the number that Adore jackson is going to be asking for and is going to get is going to mean that Adoree Jackson is going to be all right, CB one, CB two, and then just go into go into next year, which that's what he probably would be again. I, I don't I don't know about that, so I I would almost rather pay 
whether it's one guy or, or a multi, few few different guys to kind of fill out the secondary a little bit more rather than just get a Dory. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like my thing is I don't want to be in the middle if we're spending money on corner this offseason. I would rather try and get the bargain guy and have some faith in Deontay Banks to step into that cornerback one role uh, or go to the top of the market and be like, hey, we're, we're trying to put together a damn good cornerback duo. I think Adore is is playing the middle on this, and I don't know if that's the position I want to play the middle on. Uh, you know, coming off a, essentially a career worst year for Adore too. It's, it's just hard to bet on a guy who misses games coming off of a career worst season. Uh, you know, hey, if Adore Jackson has the same ability as last year, I think he's better than what he showed. But I'm, I'm in the boat of letting it walk, even though it, there, there is a deal out there that I could, if he is brought back, I'm not like, oh, I said he should walk because I, I do think he's still got good football left in him, right? But to me, the deal that precedent has shown is that essentially seven mil a year with Patrick Peterson now. Peterson was 32, Rasul Douglas, who got seven mil per year, but only five million dollars essentially, five to six million dollars guaranteed. That is, that is what precedent has set. So if they bring a Dory Jackson back on that, I'm not. I, I don't think I'd have an issue with it, but that's not my preferred route. But then you're also looking at it being like, well, then they need to do more. Not necessarily Be- because, well, because of the injury factor, and also because we're not sure about his play. And that's where the discussion comes. Well, then is it even worth it? Well, ev- eventually you'd have to do more. I think in the short term you would be f- like, yeah, we'd like to bring in some type of nickel corner, whether that's in free agency or the draft. Then you have Flott and Hawkins as young as young depth guys, and Flott can play outside or or inside. So I, I think you'd be able to get through the year as long as you invested in some type of nickel corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then obviously there's there's bargain corners that have been made. So it wouldn't have to be it. It, or I, it wouldn't you wouldn't need to do anything else big to get through the year. Would you rather have like a Dory Jackson or sign like two bargain guys that can can fill can fill that slot and are and are more reliable in terms of games played? Two bargain guys, but it, it depends. You know, we got to look at each player, and obviously right, not every right. not every it player all depends is, on the player. You know, bargain sounds good in March and. Doesn't sound as good in November sometimes. Uh, next on this list, A. Sean Robinson. This to me is one of the more fascinating ones because he'll be 29 years old this season, but he plays defensive tackle. He produced well for the Giants, right? With defensive tackles with 200 run snaps or more, A. Sean was first in run stop rate. Dexter Lawrence was third. And then he was just third in total run stops in general, right? And that was behind playing behind Leonard Williams for half a season. He's a very good run defender, but he doesn't give you much pass rush value. Uh, Duggan tweeted about this a, a few weeks ago, but because of the void years in his contract, and there's now a $2.1 million of dead cap this offseason instead of 700000 if they re-signed him before that, his contract value ends up being $5.3 million you know, for that one-year deal. So a good a good deal for Aishon Robinson. Um. I'd like to bring him back on that, but and and maybe you would be able to because there's a lot of good free agent defensive tackles, a lot, and you could see some of the top guys possibly getting to free agency. You know, with the way the Ravens walk with uh, Matabuke, I think is pronounced. You know, Christian Wilkins, like there's a chance he could get the free agency, but 
maybe ends up getting tagged. I would like to get Ashawn Robinson back, but if he's not brought back, at, I think free agency would have to be a route for defensive tackle to bring someone in next next to Dex because uh, I don't see them investing in that in the first round and then second round, all, all bets are off. Yeah, I want to look and see some of the other interior defensive linemen. I mean, this is big game hunting of uh, Matabuke, Christian Wilkins, but we're not obviously we're not going there. Do you know some of the other ones on the top of your head? Leonard Williams, but we're not going to go there. DJ Reader from the Bengals. He's really good, but he's a nose tackle, and the Bengals. I hope the Bengals keep him. Chris Jones, obviously not going there. You know, um, Grover Stewart, the Colts. He's a good player. Sheldon Rankins. Well, it's good that all these interior defense linemen are free agents. That's and what I'm hope saying is do. you might be able to get them back on a similar type of deal. Calais Campbell, Daquan Jones from Buffalo is really good. Yeah, because believe it or not, like um, Ashawn Robinson, if you look at you know the the cap hits and the current APY for interior defense linemen in the NFL, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He's thirteenth. He's top fifteen. He's top fifteen in in current APY, which bears the question of. You know, do you, do, do you, this is why, you know, it's a little, you want to hear what, uh, what Bowen has to say, because do you trust, uh, Jordan Riley? Do you trust DJ Davidson? For me, it's no to be like a second starter right now. I trust him as depth, sure, especially, especially I, I like Riley if he, if he could develop, but, um, do you really want to, you know what? He's, he's probably going to come in at more than five mil per year because he got that coming off of the injury. I'm pivoting. You want to keep Ashawn or not? Nope, I want to draft one. Prior now, to- I would love to draft one too, but you, when you get into that conversation, man, you just you eventually start filling in slots, and it's I like, yeah, I want to draft this, I want to draft that, I want like, trust me, I I would love to draft a defensive tackle, right? And hell, if they were around pick fifteen, there's some guys that I could I would want to throw in there. But they are drafting at pick six, where they're they're not going to draft a defensive tackle, and then you have two second round picks. Who's to say best player available is not is is that position? So yeah, also, I, yeah if they, if they leave the second picks. round with a defensive tackle, sick, right? Then I'd be like, okay, look. But even then, I think I don't think Ashawn Robinson is going to command more than like seven mil per year because he doesn't give you much pass rush value, huh? And we're doing that. Yeah, I, I would. What was Austin Johnson's deal with the uh, with the Chargers? I have it. I have it. I think it was it was either seven and a half or ten mil. I can't remember exactly. It was it was weird. Now maybe it was fake, but the average annual value was way higher. It was two for fourteen. So yes, seven million dollars. And now he's better than that. Yeah, you you think? um, Yeah, yeah, he's better than that. But maybe with all the free agent defensive tackles, it does it does dilute it a little bit with Ashawn. Daquan Jones is getting seven million a year at, at age in in his thirties. Daquan Jones is just a better player too. He he is a much better player. Clayus Campbell in his late thirties, geez, he's still going. I remember Clayus Campbell wearing number eighty one at Miami. Justin Jones is going with the Bears. He's getting six million a year. Yeah, so it's it to me. This is the tricky one, right? This yeah. is why I said it's like I, this is the. This is the one. It's like I just got. I got to see what he ends up signing for in free agency to put my flag in the, in the sand. I'm going no. 
That contradicts so, to. I said I said no Adore, no Saquon. I'm just gonna say yes on Ashawn. I it directly contradicts what I said a couple weeks ago, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm going no. Well, this is a flag in the sand episode. Shane I Bowen know it's doesn't, flag Shane in the Bowen ground, doesn't like but him. We're changing it to sand. All right, Justin. Let's talk about Ty Rod Taylor. This one's frustrating because I would like to keep Tyra Taylor, but there's a big, the biggest butt ever. He's 35 this season. He signed a two-year, $11 million contract in 2022. He's just too injury-prone for me to want to bring him back at any value, right? Like, you needed him for one game in 2022, and he got injured in that game. You needed him this year. He got thir- he got injured in the third game, had to go on IR. Um, you know, and then he got banged up in, in, like, three of those other, like, what, five games? Like, you know, or six games. He got bang- he got banged up in the Dolphins game that he came in in relief of. He got banged up in the Eagle game. Yeah, he got banged up. Like, he, he just gets – he gets too injury prone. And it's been like that for his, you know, his whole career outside of a little bit of time with Buffalo that I really don't – I don't know what the Giants are going to do at quarterback and free agency, but I – Tyrod is a good backup quarterback – but I, I just he's too injury prone. Like where I I can't see it. And the Giants did get the most out of Devito, so if they get someone else, like I can trust them to get the most out of that guy. Um, I'm not one for investing big money in backup QB, but obviously the backup QB may end up being the start. We don't know how this. We'll, we'll see. But I, to me, I'm I'm not bringing back Tyrod Taylor. He's too injury prone. So Tyrod Taylor was already a pretty big investment backup quarterback wise. Do you are you envisioning the Giants going more of an investment at backup quarterback? It depends or if they actually want to draft one in the first back. round or the second round. But they also, by the time March comes, and this is why the combine is going to be so important because I I think the decision to draft a quarterback or whether you're going to trade up, which I think that's that's the more important conversation here. I think they're going to know that by the time the combine's over. Well, if they're going to trade up, they're going to know before free agency starts. That will make their decision. Now, I don't, I don't know if that trade up, or if they're, you know, they're have their eyes set on McCarthy or whatever. But if they want to go Bo Nix, Michael Penix, second round type shit, well, then it's hard to, you know, do decide if they're there. I also don't want to go that route at no. all. No. Um. So you'd have to. Spend money on somebody in free agency. I would like to spend less than the two years, eleven million dollars. I don't. I don't believe backup QB should be a huge investment. I know when your job is on the line, it's a lot different. But from a point of view of team building, I don't. I don't want backup QB to be a huge investment for the Giants. I would ideally like them to trade up to three or two or whatever, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Patriots smoke is a lot more of just media giving us something to talk about then the i think the patriots are probably just going to stay if they're going to take a quarterback so we want less than huh so it would be like so we're like looking at Minshew, bridgewater huntley huntley yes. would be fun you know what go get tyler huntley Bridgewater would be a good a good ad. Yeah. Like Huntley can move. When is the last time Huntley played though? I don't I think mean, he's any good, right? Two years ago. I mean I I don't I don't think he's good either, but he can move. And if you're not gonna invest more than Tyrod Taylor at backup, then you're not gonna get it. You're what not about gonna Mitch? Get... Eh, no. 
I I think top, for two mil per year, two and a half million dollars per year, you want to get Mitch as a backup. Again, I, I, I'm, I, I'm now I'd rather have opinion, Bridgewater or somebody, but I'm of the opinion of if your backup quarterback comes in, and this even this even includes next year. If like I if right now Daniel Jones is the starter right now, if Daniel Jones goes down next year, I also view the season to be over. It's like okay, well, the season's over. So I I really right, but Mitch would fit that. He's not going to get the same deal he got with the Steelers, which was a dumb contract. He's, he's one of my. Though. I was so deathly afraid in 2022 they were going to pay real money to Mitchell Trubisky. Thank God they didn't. And almost, I, I without watching them and without looking at stats, I I would almost rather have Huntley than than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I'll be honest. I have no type of opinion on Brent Huntley, which I think means he sucks. You know what? May look into it. I may. Uh, I, I think we should maybe actually do a little bit of like backup quarterback training before Fuka. I mean we're gonna have a we're gonna have a free agency episode so I think that should be one of the positions that we kind of loosely prep for okay do some backup QB highlights uh Justin before we uh get into the next guy who I think is actually kind of pivotal this episode was brought to you by Swamp Donkey Radio it's a new show on John Boy Media it's brought to our friend Zoe uh, who is one of the people I like the most at, at John Boy Media. We had a great time with uh, him and his partner, Jack, uh, at Daytona last year. was was sad that we couldn't, you know, our PBM brothers. Yeah, Piss Boy Media. Piss Boy Media brothers couldn't couldn't do it again. But go check it out. It's Talking Baseball and all types of other things. It's on the We Got Ice 2 channel. So it's not on their main channel, but the We Got Ice 2. And, they and spell 2 is T- T-O-O. Like, you know, the whole Dumb and Dumber 2 movie, which always speaks to my heart a little bit. Uh, so go, go check that out. Zoe's a good guy. Uh, I'm excited for it. I listened to the first episode. It was good. Uh, I know we're, you know, this is more a football audience, but go go, go check it out. Uh, support a friend of a friend of the show. Maybe we should, we should have we should have just called Zoe and do you have his phone number? I do. Call him right now and say we're we're talking about we're we're promoting his show. How do I have him saved in my phone? You know what's funny? Probably I Zoe. Not, I, I may not have Zoe's number. I I think I have it. Let me call him. I know I do. I do have. Glad to mail him his AirPods. Oh, oh he's under he Lorenzo. That's why I couldn't find him. He's under Lorenzo. Lorenzo Carter. I got, I got him. I got it. Zoe, we got us. Oh, you. Oh, you got Here, it. Here, you could call him. Oh, you want me to call? Him? Add me into the call. I can't add do, me I can't into the call. I can't add you in before he picks up. And when he picks up, add me immediately. What if he doesn't pick up? This is going to go down as the longest ad ever. We're making zero dollars up. That's how we. That's how you know you got to listen to. We got eyes to Zoe. That's how you know we like Zoe. Remember when Chris Rose I'm started sorry, and the we? The person you were trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been set up yet. Oh, Zoe! Set up your damn voice. I, I think they might be taking voicemails on the show, so you got to get your damn voicemail box set up. Yeah, um, kids, kids these days. So listen to a show and maybe leave a comment. As you know, what, go to a show, leave a comment saying "Talking Giants said to set up your voicemail box." Yeah. All right, Justin. Next on this whoa, list, whoa. I didn't. Leave, I didn't give a formal a formal opinion on if Tyrod Taylor is going to be back. Um, I'm in the boat of if he oh. wasn't injury if he wasn't injury prone, I would say bring him back immediately. Because he played like well, 
Like I, I actually yeah, he is super injury prone. I know he's super injury prone, but he did play like well. Like if you look at like there was some like adjusted EPA stuff to come out, and he was like 16th, and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, so he did kind of play, kind of play well. I wonder why it was kind of really. Why was the production so bad when he kind of started coming in, and then it got better after he got hurt? Probably the you know the, the quality of opponents. He wasn't that very played good in down. his time of relief either, and not a lot of touchdowns to start. So he kind of got he, it, it got better when when after Devito did his little run, which is which is uh, ironic. Um, it was really bad in those games that he came in relief because the O line was so bad. Right, he wasn't right. completing a lot of passes or anything. But uh, yeah, I I am also of. Letting Tyrod Taylor, but it's it's it is a very it's a very tricky conversation. It's an extremely tricky conversation. Like I, I don't know if I have an answer on like what what I even want the Giants to do. Yeah, I just want us to be able to draft a quarterback in the first round and not have that's, to deal with it. But that's, that's the not an, that's not an easy answer, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, next on this list is Ben Bredesen, who I think is one of the more important people to bring back. He played well in twenty twenty two and struggled last year playing three different positions. I went back and looked at it. Started at left guard the first two games and left with the concussion. Came back week four at left guard. They had to be moved to center immediately. Then started at center for three straight weeks. Then he moved back to right guard for four weeks once uh, JMS came back and they put Pew at left guard. Uh, and then he had to play center the final week of the season. He played left guard, which was the position he was brought into, you know, started at the season 19%, center 34%, and then right guard 47%. 2022 was 17th in pass blocking efficiency for guards. 2023 he was 47th out of 56 so he didn't have a good year pew was 56 by the way um but offensive line depth is so important and i i think bredesen needs to be uh uh brought back right like i hope it's not as a starter but i think he needs to be brought back right now if you cut Wilwinski, which is going to happen you're starting offensive line going to free agency is thomas azudu jms mckeith and neil Obviously, we want those positions to be upgraded as starters, but I think Ben Bredesen needs to be brought back or a Ben Bredesen type player uh, as either the fifth offensive lineman or or a back backup. And you go look at other contracts. Gates got five and a half million average annual value last year, a little rich. Hernandez got four and a half. And then the next contracts were like two for eight. Nate Herbig, Luke, Lucas Patrick got that the year before. So I think two years, eight million dollars is a is a Again, depth matters. This is not an endorsement to start Ben Bredesen, but we saw him play pretty well in 2022. And then last year, not very good, but at least held up after being moved 17 different times. Uh, depth matters. And I think Ben Bredesen should be brought back. Now, Ben Bredesen may go take that offer to, from another team because if there's one player who want, who would, deserves to not want to be in the Giants, it's probably Ben Bredesen. Uh Continuity is good, and I, I'd like to keep Ben. I think Ben Bredesen should be a priority to bring back. Uh, I agree. As a depth player. I agree. Depth player matters. All for it. Like, I can't have McKeithen being the first guard off the bench. I can't do it. Or even a Zudu. We have a list that you texted me. Pew's not on it. I, I Yeah, I didn't put it on it, but I, I actually added him at the end. Pew was just not very good last year, um, and he wants to be a starter. So, you know. Get ready to learn podcasts, buddy. Again, Pew knows that, right? It's just, and maybe, hey, maybe coming back off an injury, he'd look better, but it's just, he wants to be a starter. I'm not going to give him a contract to be a starter. Backup minimum contract, the same as last year? Yeah, I, I would bring it in. 
But I just don't think I don't think Pew's interested in that. So if he was, I would say yes, but I don't think he, he is. He did say that he added weight. He needs to. Uh, quick, let's go through rapid fire. Isaiah Simmons, I would let him walk unless you're turning him into inside linebacker four and a special team player on a minimum contract. Uh, but as inside linebacker three and an actual role doesn't fit without Wink Martindale. Agree? Agreed. Paris Campbell, walk, obviously. Yes. Jihad Ward, I have opinions on this. Minimum player who ended up making $2.25 million last year due to incentives and getting more than the vet minimum. You have to let him walk because he is a Wink Martindale uh, crony. And if you lost money to cut Logan Ryan in 2022, who was a much better player, then you have to not bring back Jihad Ward, who's one of the worst, if not the worst, pass rushing edge in the NFL. A solid run defender, but he's not athletic enough to make plays off of the good edge setting and stuff. Jihad Ward should not be back on the Giants. Agreed. Matt Breida, 29 years old. Can bring him back on a minimum deal where you can cut him in camp if need be, if if you have better options. If Eric Gray is a better running back too, and whoever they replace Saquon with is, they ha- they have to you know we didn't talk about this in this, but you do have to replace Saquon. You can't just go into the year with Matt Breida and Eric Gray. Yeah, I'm I'm good with bringing Breida back, and you know if if, if it I, makes I think sense to cut him, cut him. If not, but don't give him any guaranteed money. Obviously. Yeah, but if 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 it's where you can cut him in camp. Great, which I'm pretty sure they could have done that this year if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darnay Holmes would fit a lot better in the new scheme and could add some death. Right now, the current cornerbacks on the roster are Banks, Flaut, Hawkins, and Stanley Thomas Oliver. McLeod's a restricted free agent. Same situation as Matt Breida. I would sign him to a minimum deal where if it makes sense to cut him in camp, cut him. He would fit better. And, you know, if Wink Martin was the defensive coordinator, would say no, but he's not the defensive coordinator. So I would. I would offer him the minimum, see it, and let him compete in camp for a position. I'm actually really interested to see what he would look like as a nickel corner in Bowen's system. I'm not that interested, to be honest. <laughs> um, all right, any, any other? I know there's like listen, 10 listen, other guys listen. we could do you minimum or walk guys. You, you need depth, right? And if you have a, a backup nickel corner that's a disaster... Then it could it could ruin a defense. If you have any bad if you have any bad player in your secondary, it could ruin a defense. It could tank a defense. And Dar- I, did, I mean, I said that. I just I'm not interested to see how he would look. Yeah, yeah. Again, player that you drafted, and all right, get, get if you want the minimum, come back. If you don't, then goodbye. Yeah, which um, Darnay is not getting any more than the minimum, probably. So there's ten other different guys we could have been like minimum or walk, but those are the guys I felt of note of putting out an opinion on. All right, that's an episode. Go check out uh, Swamp Donkey Radio or Racing Radio too, our new racing podcast. We have a new episode uh, out doing our playoff predictions and Daytona 500 recap for uh, episode number one. Uh, We will see you on Tuesday. I think we're going to try and get an interview for Tuesday with a reporter. So uh, you guys really liked the Dunleavy interview, which was was nice. Because it was Um, good. So we will see you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, let's go big blue.